The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. saved us from our sins, our lives are now in God. We desire the Holy Word to order where we trod. All for Christ, yet anything for self we count as dross. We're pilgrims with a crown With our Bibles open today to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 3, and we continue looking at Christ and the church. But first, a word of prayer together, and then we'll look in Ephesians 3, verse number 10. Father, we come now in the name of our Lord Jesus, asking for your hand upon our lives to preach the truth of God's Word. Help us to encourage the saints, and may their hearts be edified. And may we move forward wherever we are in the work of God and for the glory of Christ today. I pray now in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. Ephesians 3, verse 9, Paul says that he is preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Our last time together we mentioned that there are three aspects to the church as taught within the scriptures. The first aspect of the church is that of the spiritual or heavenly assembly. It includes every believer in this present age. Paul mentions the dispensation of the grace of God in chapter 3 of Ephesians, verse number 2. And in this 
dispensation, or in this present age, the church of the living God is seated in heavenly places, and it is influencing those within that realm. This we would call the body of Christ. And every born-again person is a member of the church, which is his body, even the fullness of him that filleth all in all. No local church can fully embody this, although every local church should typify this and manifest it as greatly as possible. Now, the body of Christ is a singular church, which is both spiritual and literal. We do not embrace a universal church of all faiths, invisible. Please do not misunderstand me today. But there is a real and literal body of Christ made up of true believers extending from that time after Christ's resurrection, where he ascended and was set down and was given by the Father to be the head over all things, the church, to the time of the rapture, when the last soul is saved, and thus completing the bride and the body of Christ, and the church is removed from this world to go to the judgment seat, and God begins dealing with Israel again. Let me say that placement into Christ's body has nothing to do with water baptism. It is a spiritual unity with the head, even Christ, through a spiritual baptism performed by the Holy Spirit as he places us in him. This work was seen initially on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit descended, immersed the believers into one body. But we see it now individually when a soul is born again. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul mentions in verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. This is not local church water baptism. It is a spiritual baptism performed by the Holy Ghost and thus placing the believer in union with his head, Jesus Christ, and putting him into the body. Galatians 3.27 For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2, verses 10 through 12. Not only do we see it as a spiritual baptism, but it is a spiritual circumcision made without hands. Colossians 2, 10, And ye are complete in him, or in Christ, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, 
in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And thus, this is our placement into that spiritual assembly, into the heavenly places. We are seated with Christ, and so much primarily in the book of Ephesians takes on a larger scope than what the local church can fulfill. Now we come to that local assembly, and by far, this will be the majority of the references in our Bible to the church, referring to a local assembly of believers, baptized and organized for the work of the Lord in this present age. Acts 2 and verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, in the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They were continuing, in verse 42, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul. All that believed were together, had all things common, sold their possessions, parted to them to all men as every man had need, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And we come to Acts 13, 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch. You come to the book of Galatians, the churches of Galatia. You come to the book of Romans, the church which is in their house. But then you think of the churches of God. In the book of Corinthians, it is there mentioned. And you think of the seven churches of Asia, local and visible. And so this is the primary usage of the word church. Most often, it refers to a local assembly of believers gathered together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and function as a body in his will and for his glory. And therefore, to be in our proper place in the body of Christ and to serve God in this day and age, as we live among the peoples of the world, every believer in Christ should be a faithful and active member of a New Testament church. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul wrote to the believers at the church in Corinth, and he said, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Paul wrote again in the same context to the church in Corinth and said, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. In this one chapter, then, we see both the spiritual church, which is Christ's body, and the visible assembly of saints, or the local church, which is Christ's body. Therefore, we maintain the position that we are local church only in our practice, but not in our position. And so don't tell me you're a part of the body of Christ, but yet you do not strive to assemble. Men abuse these truths on both sides of the issue. And then some seek to force it into an either-or when it is really a both-and. I am not a Baptist brighter. 
I am not a local church only, but I am not a universal church man either. I am a Bible believer, and we seek to rightly divide the truth, and we seek to give both aspects, the local assembly and that spiritual assembly, which is visibly assembled in the eyes of God, no doubt. But then there is also that eternal assembly, and it is taking shape even today. It is not something that exists only in prospect, though its fullness is yet to be seen. Today it exists in reality before God, and it is growing. Consider Ephesians 2 and verse 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed, together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom also in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. It is growing together unto an holy temple in the Lord. God, throughout all ages, will have glory in the church, according to Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Thank God for the church. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.